So I came back that night from shooting content. I looked up my Instagram account again and it said it was officially deleted. So I started my new account and I just was like, if this is meant to be, it will be. Little did I know how many months later, that was like the best thing that could have happened for me. Hi guys, welcome back to the Attainable Podcast or welcome to the show if you're new here. My name is Sarah Boss. I am a chemist turned creative and on this show we talk about all things life in your 20s, you know, achieving your career and making your goals attainable. Um, today we have a very special guest, a very cool guest. I'm so excited. I am interviewing Vanessa Ferriolo and she is an influencer on Instagram and TikTok. Um, she shares all about her story. She lost her account. Instagram just deleted it and she had to grow it literally from the ground up uh, back in July. We are now in December. So six months and she has grown it less than six months and she grew it to over 20,000. And then she's also grown an audience on TikTok. She has a very loyal following. um, And we talk all about how she grew her tips all about niche. Um, She goes into her journey, where she started, how she chose a niche, um, how she does what she does, how she got brand deals, all those type of things. Um, So it's such a good interview. If you enjoy it, do me a favor and uh, share it on your Instagram stories, tag us so that we can then share you and say thank you. And if you love the show, please go and like, subscribe, all the things. You can follow us on Spotify and then leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for five stars if you love it and let us know what you loved about the show. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Here's Vanessa. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I've been following you for a couple months now, and um, I just heard recently like more of your story on another podcast where I was like, wait, there's so much more to this than I thought. Um, Can you quickly just introduce yourself, what you do, that sort of thing? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm very excited to be here and I love doing podcasts. Um, So yes, I am Vanessa Ferriolo. Um, I'm 23 now, recently 23. I graduated from Temple University in Philadelphia with a degree in marketing. So this whole social media thing is right up my alley. Um, And I've been doing social media for quite a while now and then took it full-time. I graduated last December from college, so I took it full-time immediately after graduation. And I want to say it was not an easy start. I'm still getting my feet on the ground. So everyone probably always thinks like, oh, you're so well off, you know, if you're doing it full-time, but that's not the case. It's definitely a risk. So I took that risk and I'm so happy that, you know, I've grown so much and learned so much along the way. And my business is only getting started. So we're only at the beginning here. Yeah, it's so fun to see your journey. And you do a really good job on TikTok, like documenting your growth, which has been so interesting to watch. Um, And I mean, thank you for the authenticity and like being willing to share all of that um, strategy that you're using, like in real time. It's so interesting. Um, So you you graduated. When did you start um, full-time influencing? Or when did you even get the idea of, hey, this is something like I want to do and then make that leap into, okay, we're actually going to, you know, make a living and, and pay like a rent mortgage, all that type yeah. of stuff with this. Yeah. So I'll go like way back. Like I will say I'm one of those kids that grew up watching YouTube and I got very immersed in the YouTube culture from like a very 
young age. So probably like 12, 11, maybe years old. And I knew that these people were making money off of it. I would talk to my parents about it. I'd say like, that's what I want to do. And I knew a little bit about the industry at that time. And I could see the potential in the industry as people would grow from YouTube. And then when Instagram came out and everyone got on Instagram and started doing ads on there as well, and then TikTok. So it's just like an ever-growing field. And I had this idea in my head from a very young age. I didn't start really until I started my blog in uh, my senior year of high school in 2017. And from there, I kind of just did it as a side hustle. I was always the one in high school who had like the aesthetic Instagram feed. I was just any, it would be random photos, even of my friends, but like I would make it an aesthetic. So I was like that type of girl in high school. And then I just wanted to do it as like a side hustle. Um, not really like with any intention of making money, but just, it was my outlet of creativity. It was fun for me. So then when I went into college, I, you know, really worked on my blog a lot. I really like my Instagram page reflected my blog often and then my Facebook as well. So it kind of all tied together. And then as of like my sophomore year of college, that's when I started to get like really big name brand deals with like Neutrogena. And from there, I was like, okay, there's a lot of potential here. I have a lot of potential. I know. Um, I know how much like dedication I have into this right now and how much potential I have to grow and to grow like this as a business. So I had this whole idea that after graduation, I would graduate and I would get like a full-time job for maybe like two years or so, and then would hopefully transition into taking content creation, influencing, whatever you want to call it full-time. And I knew that by my junior year, I kept telling myself that this was going to be the the path I was going to take. But deep down, I knew that I did not want to work for somebody else. I am very entrepreneurial. And I like when I have my heart and mind set on something, I will do what there's no plan B like I'm making that happen. And there's no other option. So I just knew my parents didn't want to hear that, even though they are entrepreneurs as well. But um, by my senior year, then I kind of like had a plan in place to prove to my parents that I was making money from this and that it was possible to make, you know, into a full-time job. And then I graduated and then I was like, I am taking a huge risk here. I am starting from, you know, zero basically, and I'm going to make this happen. So that's the a long story basically <laughs> no but the, I mean that gives a lot of like insight on where you were um and I think part of what you said is what people miss in like taking it seriously like you say like it was a creative outlet but I think like there's a mentality that people don't get to see like before people start making money before they start like thinking of it as like a job you know they might be pursuing yeah. that but um the ones that I'd say I've seen be successful and like really put their heart in it, like have been putting their heart in it for long before they're making money long before yes. that was even a thing. It's almost like it really is like treating it like, like a job, treating it as something like important. It's a commitment. Um, you know, your audience is important to you, that aesthetic, even though some people might hear them just be like, Oh, she was just having fun or whatever. But that aesthetic really is like, you understood this is your brand. And that was yep. something that was important for you to uphold. 
Absolutely. And like that is, there are some people out there um, that definitely do get really lucky, but those are the few and far between who just blow up on like TikTok and then they continuously blow up and start to get like a manager and all this stuff, but they don't really understand like the business end and like how that all works. And you know, for a lot of people, I feel like now they want this to be their full-time job, but it doesn't, it's not going to just happen by blowing up overnight. Like you can't rely on that because that's a f- like maybe a 1% of people that that actually happens to. So you have to like put the ball in your court and make these things happen for yourself because it's not as easy as just blowing up, gaining all this money, making a full-time income, dropping or like if you have a full-time job, just quitting that, like people glamorize that, but that only happens to a few percentage of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, um, you know, you skip that, like getting a job and then kind of transitioning that income. Um, and when you graduated and you like took that risk, what, um, what did you kind of have in place to be able to take that risk or did you give yourself a net at all? Like, I know some people, um, like for me, I graduated from college, left before I like started anything. And I went back to my parents' house. I was like, I'm not like going to be uh, paying a rent while I don't know what I'm doing. So like that was my, um, kind of my net. Did you give yourself anything? Yeah, I had to sacrifice moving home, which I swore I would never do. I was living in Philadelphia. I was living out on my own and I was paying 1250 plus utilities for rent on my own. Um, and that was not going to happen once I was starting to take this like risk of just who knows what the income would look like then. So I cut my lease short six months and I moved home almost a year ago and I actually love being here and I love having my parents here. Like they love having me here. Um, it's, it's so much better. And I resented that whole moving home phase after college, but I really realized the, the power in doing so because it helps set yourself up for success. Like, you know, and even if you have like a regular nine to five job, it really just gives you a a good safety net. Yeah. Oh, it's underrated. I, I mean, same, like I swore I would never go back home. And I, I even, I like graduated, got the job, like got the nice job, got the nice apartment that cost way too much. And then when that wasn't thing, I mean, I was like, I'm literally moving backwards. Like I did everything that everybody wanted me to do. And now I'm going to go back home. Like it felt so embarrassing. It took me months, months to get over that and really kind of be proud of the position I was in proud of like taking that leap and what felt like going backwards was really, it wasn't, it was definitely propelling me to where I am now, which is, so I can totally relate to that feeling and it's not fun, but you really got to just bite the bullet and say like, this is who we got to be in order to get to where we want to be. Yeah. And now I'm in the position where like, I do really want to move out, but like, I don't know where I want to be, where I want it to be before, like a few, maybe a year ago is not where I want to be now in terms of location. And I have no idea. So like, I am in the position where my job allows me to travel. I have the money to travel. So I've been traveling a lot and that's kind of like what I'm doing for the unforeseeable future. And then I'm not paying for rent. So like, it's a win-win situation. I'm kind of figuring it out along the way, which is what I've realized is life. You just figure it out along the way. Nobody has any idea how to navigate. (laughs) Yeah. What a great position to be in, like the freedom of that. Um, I recently heard on the podcast I was listening to, like you lost your Instagram for a minute and then you had to start over. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
it was just a random day in July. I woke up, my Instagram was glitching. I deleted the app. I redownloaded it. It wouldn't let me log back on. It said I was deactivated or whatever. I don't even remember. Um, and I was like, eh, whatever. It's a beautiful week. I'm just going to take the day off. It's not a big deal. Normally I'm a type A person. So like that I thought would have ruined me, ruined my mood. I was just like, yeah, it's fine. It will have like, I'll get it back. Um, two days went by. I'm like, okay. I'm still not hearing any answers. Um, I'm going to be proactive and go shoot a bunch of content so that I have like a week's worth of content lined up. Um, and hopefully it will just come back. If it doesn't, then I'll start a new account because I'm not waiting around. So I came back that night from shooting content. I looked up my Instagram account again and it said it was officially deleted. And that was that was the point where I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do. I'll try to get in touch with Instagram, which is of little help. Um, and they didn't help whatsoever. So I started my new account and I just was like, if this is meant to be, it will be like, whatever happens is for the right reason. And I didn't know what that reason would be at the time. And little did I know how many months later, that was like the best thing that could have happened for me. So yeah, I lost it by accident. Um, and I'm really happy that I did. Like I stopped trying to reach out to Instagram then because I was like, I don't even want my old account back. Like the thing that bothered me the most was all the memories I've had on that account. Cause I've had that account since, you know, when Instagram first came out, I was like definitely on the app right away. So I've had that account for a really long time and that had a lot of memories, but it was for the best. So, um, what did you, I mean, I can't believe that you just kind of like took it in stride, like just, this is where we are. And you had such a great attitude and you are past now where you were as far as like followers go, um, on this new account, right? Yes. Yeah. I had 12.6 K followers when I lost my account and I'm at 20 points. I don't know. I'm at 21.6 right now or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. You just, uh, I think you broke 20,000, like not too long ago. So congratulations yes. on that. That's great. And you've absolutely excelled. Um, and how you've talked about on your TikTok, like you've really taken a new approach to this account as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I think also too, I want to say like, without this account being deleted, I wouldn't have gained the knowledge, I suppose that I have in the past, how many months, if it wasn't for my account getting deleted and the knowledge that I've learned is like, you know, we put this pressure on ourselves as content creators that like, we need to have this aesthetic. We need to, um, you know, I don't even know like what, what goes through our head. We overthink everything. We hear the latest myths on TikTok or Instagram comes out with the latest information as to how many hashtags you should use. And you know, reels, they're pushing reels. So use reels, but nobody goes into the science and the like psychology of, you know, a strategy behind all of that and how you should properly be using those tools that Instagram gives you like hashtags, reels, things like that. So my new approach to this is just, I, with my new account, I didn't even know this would become an approach and it kind of like formed itself, but it was just, posting consistently, which I was already doing, having a specific strategy to back everything. So like from the start of this new account, I posted carousel posts only, like that's 
only what I post on my feed. I don't post video on my feed. I post carousels only. I post, you know, a lot of the same style of outfits. I'm only posting fashion content. That's it. I'm not posting beauty. I'm staying very niche to me because the audience that I'm trying to attract is people who are interested in what I'm interested in. Like, why would I post an outfit, you know, all dressed up and girly, if that's not like my everyday style, that doesn't represent who I am on the everyday. And that's not what my, what I want my account to portray. So this new, you know, strategy that I have is just based off of my everyday life and being very consistent in that strategy, what I'm posting, the specifics behind everything. And that's literally how I think I got to where I am today with the growth that I've experienced. Yeah. So, um, so you talked about niche. So I want to ask you like, what's your take on niche? Cause that's, that can be a really like controversial topic. And I'll, I'll even like raise my hand and say like, I hate the word niche mostly because I don't like the pressure that it puts yes. on. Um, but I, I respect it. Like I totally yes. understand it. So what's your take on that for somebody starting out trying to find their niche? Do you think a niche is necessary? It sounds like you do. Yes. So here's my, my take. And I feel like, you know, I too, with my previous account, again, with my old perspective, I suppose I too thought niche was such a a restrictive word and a restrictive place to be in. You know, I hear a lot of bigger creators say you shouldn't put yourself into a box, but they, they don't know, like they're speaking with experience. They are at a specific place now where they don't need a niche because they already have a loyal audience. But when you're starting out and you're trying to grow a loyal audience, a niche is super important. And I'm going to put it in like a non-stressful way. Just think of your niche as being you. Like that's as simple as it needs to be. Don't post things because you think people want to see them. Post what you actually want to share and be consistent with what you are posting. Um, So yes, I do think like having a niche is important, but I don't think a niche needs to be something that you think about and then you implement. I think it should be something you just like you post. And then over time, you see what performs well, what you enjoy posting your niche just comes to you automatically. You know, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it's like organically forms. Exactly. Like, for example, with my new account, what I tell everyone is if you scroll back to the beginning, which won't take long to really do, you could see that I was still posting style that was a little all over the place because my style is a little all over the place. Like I do dress very girly sometimes. I do dress very casually like I am today. Sometimes I wear a very street style look, but oftentimes like my everyday style is like jeans and, you know, then I layer a coat a very basic tee underneath. And I just kind of like repurpose those pieces all the time. You know, that's my style. So if you go back to the beginning of my account, my style was a little all over the place, as I like to say. It was a true representation of my personal style, but it wasn't a true representation of my everyday style. Once I started posting outfits that I literally was wearing the day that I was posting them, that's when I saw a huge increase in people, you know, really loving my content, saving it, sharing it. I was hitting the explore page. 
every single time there on after because that's the content I saw performing well. It was a true representation of uh, what I was actually wearing every single day. And that is now what I consider my niche, you know, everyday realistic style. And that just happened organically. So that's kind of like what I tell people is just like, start to post what you want. And then over time, see what people are really enjoying and engaging in. And if you also enjoy that, then stick with that. Just continue to like post what people actually want to see. Why? Like these are consumers, you know, these it's an audience of consumers. Why would you be posting or putting something out there that your audience doesn't want to see? Like in any other business, if the marketing team analyzes, you know, Starbucks, for example, the marketing team of Starbucks, and they see that one of their holiday drinks isn't being bought often at all. Like it's just a flop. It's constantly just not performing well. They're going to take it off their menu and they're not going to bring it back. So why would you continuously put out content that's just not performing well? It kind of works the same way. Yeah, that's a great take. I've never heard it put that way, but that's like a very real example. Um, Question, do you ever feel limited by the slick back bun and the gold earrings? Like you rock that look. That's, a, I mean, I adore your content because you're right. <laughs> it is like everyday, like relatable. I like it because I can literally look at it and then go to my closet and then build something. I'm like, oh yeah, like I totally get it. And you know, it feels yes. very attainable. Um, do you ever, do you, are, do you ever get sick of that? Cause, and if you go to her feed, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not at all. I think it, I like just discovered the hairstyle. I tried it one day. Um, and then ever since I was like, cause I used to wash my hair every single day and you know, obviously that's not the greatest for your hair. So then once I was like, okay, I really like this hairstyle. It kind of fits my vibe. It's just like it, it's a brand. I've built my brand off of the slick back bun, the gold hoops and the coffee in hand when I take and the Abercrombie jeans, yeah. you know, that's my brand. So I don't, I don't feel restricted at all. Cause I love it. It's me. It's literally what I wear. Like whether I'm posting a photo that day, which I always am posting a photo anyway, but like, it's what I naturally wear. So it works. I also want to say going back to the niche though, um, I analyze like creators that have successfully done well in the space, especially on TikTok. It's fun for me. I just love analyzing them. And if you scroll back to the beginning of their page, you'll see they had a niche and they stuck with that niche. But now they're at the point where they're so big that their audience is so loyal. Anna uh, Sitar, I think, is that mm. how you say your last name? I have for example. no clue. I could not tell you her last name. Yeah. Yes. But I just reference her as like Starbucks. Yeah. You know, she started out with like Starbucks content and I don't want it. I'm pretty sure those were her two main points that she just kept doing over and over and over again in the beginning. And they were posting a lot on TikTok. It wasn't quality content. It was just a lot of content at once. And same with Victoria Paris. She also had a very specific niche to begin with posting a lot of content realistic. And then over time, their audience grew so loyal that now they could post whatever they want. It's going to perform well because people are just so interested in their lives. That is the key to success. And that's what really happens for most creators. When you like scroll back to the beginning of their pages, they just had a niche, they stuck with it. And now they're at the point where they could post whatever. And it just, it just performs well. Yeah, that's true. And people forget like where they started from. Exactly. Um, so you have TikTok, 
yeah, Instagram. Um, you said you had a blog. Um, I think you have YouTube and I know like at one point you also had a podcast, uh, yes. but you're currently like pretty much primarily on Instagram and TikTok, right? Yes. Do you ever feel pressure from like the other platforms? Um, you seem to like do really well. What I'm trying to get at, you seem very good at prioritizing. Like you're very, this is what's good. This is what's working. This is what I can do right now. And you're kind of unapologetic with that. Um, so do you ever feel that pressure from the other platforms? Not anymore. After I real, I like stopped YouTube in, I think June, I was the last time I uploaded. Um, not that I'm completely done with it. Cause I actually do have plans to get that back up next month, but I just realized that's not where most of my money's coming from. That is not where most of my views are coming from. And at that point, it's taking up so much time that I just do not have. So, and I'm like over, you know, overstressing myself because I'm just trying to do too much. If it's not performing well, then why would I like put my time and effort into it? So I just stopped that. My blog, same thing. I just am not passionate about my blog. I actually don't really have plans to renew it. I think I'm going to get rid of it. And if in the future, like once maybe I have like an assistant or if I get like a manager, I have the free time to do that. And that's something I want to do. Then I'll bring it back. But at this point, it's like, you said, I am really good at prioritizing what's most important, where's the income coming in and what can I manage right now? And that really is like Instagram and TikTok are the main two priorities. And like I said, I will, I do feel like I could get back into YouTube in like a different way than I, a different approach than I had before. So I am going to try to get that back up and running again, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're kind of like, this is my thing and you do very well at it and you you're very focused. Um, but you also have two TikToks. um, yes. I follow both, love them both. Um, what <laughs> was your like idea behind like having two? Having two was really, so I started the second, um, TikTok account, which is now what I consider my business account. It's where I strictly talk about business related things. Um, and the other one's just personal, like my everyday fashion, yes. stuff like that. So I started the second account with the, in this past summer with the intention of starting just a whole other TikTok account and seeing if I could get that growing and doing strictly fashion. Cause I was all over the place with my content on my you know, original TikTok account. And then I started to do that and I hated it. So then I transitioned it over into talking about, you know, business because I get a lot of questions from people on the daily in my DMs asking, you know, how do you get brand deals, how to pitch yourself to brands, all of these, you know, questions related to the influencer industry. So I was like, I'm just going to make a TikTok it will be so much easier to answer people's questions. And then I can reference people like if they have future questions to my TikTok for all of the information they need. Um, and I'm very open, like you said in the beginning, I'm very open and honest. I'll share it all. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to separate the two business from my personal and talk strictly about business. And then once I lost my Instagram account, it gave me a really good opportunity to kind of talk about the process of growing my account, but also sharing like my struggles along the way, my tips along the way, people had a lot of questions, they were interested. And that also brought a lot of traffic over to my Instagram, it brought a lot of attention to it. So that's kind of the the background be behind that. And like with my business TikTok account, I only post Monday through Friday, I haven't posted in three weeks, though, because I've been on vacation. But 
that I'm very specific with a schedule as well, just like I am with any other platform that I'm on. Yeah. I, I mean, I can binge your business TikTok specifically. It's my favorite. It's just like, it's easy to listen to. It's such good advice. I found that one first. Um, and then I found your personal one and yeah, I adore it. Um, and you talked about a little bit about like monitoring your followers. Um, and I, which I found super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause you're, you're strict. Yeah, I'm very strict. I wish I had like, I don't dedicate as much time to it now as I did in the beginning, but I still do like every, maybe once a week, like I'll go in and I'll block people. And why I do this is because with my old account, I had 12,600 followers. Okay. Most of those followers were people from high school, people along the way, college, random guys, like my women to male ratio was awful on that account. I had, you know, random spam accounts following me. So with this new account, I promised myself from the very beginning, I'm monitoring who follows me and I'm going to minimize the amount of males that are on my account. I'm going to try to block as many spam accounts as I possibly can. And, you know, any people that looks suspicious, like I just don't want ghost followers following me. I want people to actually follow me, engage with my content. I don't care about the numbers so much that I care about my engagement engagement rate. So that's why I started to monitor who's following me. And it's definitely tough, but like I dedicate, maybe I would in the beginning, like I said, I haven't been as consistent with it, but every morning when I'm going through and I'm answering like comments and DMS from the previous day, I would go in and like take 10 or five minutes or so to go in and like block people. So I, I swear by it. My male to female ratio is so good right now. I have like 3% males following me and I'm trying to keep it that way. So yeah. and the reason why I'm also doing that is like I said, engagement rate is super important when you are trying to work with brands. People, brands want to see that you have a high engagement rate. So like your following aligns with the engagement that you receive on your content. And with, you know, my posts in particular, I post a lot of fashion content. There's no reason why males need to be following me. So you know, for the most part, there's no reason. So they end up hurting my ratio because when a brand looks at my ratio and they see like, oh, she has 30% males following her. It's like, that's not the brand's target audience that they're trying to reach. So why would they work with me when our target market doesn't really align? Yeah. And your comments are insane. I have never seen somebody have such and engage audience as far as the comments go. Like it does not take very long. And I was, when I first followed you, I was like, what? And I looked and I was like, these are people, <laughs> these are real people with real things to say in real comments. It wasn't like, you know, the spam ones. I was like, she has got a loyal audience who shows I up do. and I yeah, I mean, it's great. I hope you're so proud of your comment section. Cause it is just a little light on this earth. I am. And, you know, I will make the comment that I've gotten people saying before, you know, like she's like in engagement groups, like she has the same people commenting. I don't I, like, yes, there are the same people commenting because they're loyal to me. Like a lot of them are my friends. A lot of them are just people that literally see my content. Like, I don't know who they are, but they just comment every single post. They do not miss a post. And I get people telling me now that they literally will wait for 12 PM to come around so that they could like comment on my posts. Like that is just 
it's all because of me taking the time out of my day to respond to almost every single comment that like I possibly can. I go back weeks, even today, like I'll go back a week and comment on people's comments, you know, reply to them because that is showing that I care. Like I care about my audience. I want to engage with them and that is building up a loyal audience. So like, you know, if you continuously comment on an influencer's posts and they don't answer you back, like, why would you comment? Why would you continue to comment? So I think that's really helped me out along the way. And I see like a lot of influencers as they grow in their following, they, they get less and less comments, but you go to them and they don't even respond. That's probably why, like they just don't dedicate the time to engage with their audience. So they don't get that engagement. Yeah. And you're very committed. And I mean, so is your audience to you. So you've definitely earned that support. Um, with this, like this industry and this job, there is no one like telling you what's right. Are you doing a great job? Like at the end of the day, there's nobody saying like, oh, you, you know, you did good today. Or you're like, there's no way to even know if you're progressing. There's no progress report, you know, besides like the analytics, which can get really bogged down. How do you manage yourself in that way? Do you have like goals for yourself that kind of keep you, I kind of like keep you motivated? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's like really important. Like I said, with like strategy in my account, you know, every business, if you treat yourself like a business, cause you are, um, every business has a strategy, they have goals, they have, you know, quarterly goals. So that's kind of like the same, you know, I keep myself to that same status with quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals. Like I'm a big believer in uh, planning to the now. I read this book called the one thing. And I love that book. I have it right there. I love that book. It's such a good book for getting your life together. So yeah, like I have, you know, five-year goals, one-year goals, and then I take those big goals and I make them smaller and smaller. And then it kind of like turns into a daily goal. So I do have those things. They are like attainable for sure, but they, there are some stretch goals. Um, and sometimes I will like add numbers in there as well. I don't pay so much attention to the numbers so much that like, this is a job I obviously need to continue growing, but I also need to make money from it. So I, I made like a, a happy medium where like, I'm making sure that I'm growing, but I'm also, I have goals for working with brands and upping my pay and things like that. So, um, yeah, there's like, it's like a good balance between the two. Um, but goals are super important for anything. Yeah. Do you mind, and you don't have to get into the specifics, but do you mind sharing some of your, maybe even past goals or like your current career goals? Um, mainly because to paint a picture of like how it's more than I want to reach 30 K followers, like, cause there's, that's pretty, that's an empty goal. I mean, there's no purpose behind it. For sure. So um, within like the next year, I'm going to say like, I want to expand on my team, for for example. So like in order to expand on my team, I need to continuously make more money. Um, In order to make more money, I need to grow my audience because essentially the more my audience grows, the higher my rate gets. So that's kind of like a brief you know, breakdown of that goal. Um, I want to potentially like start a new business venture and 
I'm thinking like it might be in the coffee space, like it's going to be like expanding upon my brand, but I'm thinking it might be in the coffee space. And so like there's specific goals that I want to get, you know, for that. And then I don't know how much, like, I don't know if this is a one-year goal, a five-year goal, it kind of all depends, but my goal is to really like come out with my own line for Abercrombie, like my own co-created line, whether it's like jeans. Oh, I saw your Christmas list TikTok where yeah. it's like, <laughs> like the unrealistic thing I want for Christmas, my own Abercrombie jeans. Yes. Like people always comment, like you need to be on a billboard, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It's just like working. I love the team for the influencer team on Abercrombie's, you know, what am I, I'm trying to say, like, I love work. I love working with the Abercrombie team. So like, I love them. I would love to work with them on a more intense level. And I think that would be like extremely, you know, it would be very relevant for my brand and everyone would have such a positive response. My audience would have a positive response to that. So I'm hoping that happens, you know, within the next five years and then who knows, but those are some like bigger, really bigger, uh, goals that I have that I'm really trying to work on within the next year. And like that five, like whether that's a five-year goal with like working with Abercrombie more closely on something like that, like still it's, that would break down into maintaining the relationship that I have with them, working with them on a monthly basis, like I've been and continuing to post that brand like in and out every single day basically yeah yeah you are definitely like the Abercrombie girl for sure (laughs) um and their jeans are freaking fantastic I love that they kind of like went on this weird roller coaster and I was like oh my god where did they just where did they come from like I feel like I left them back in middle school and now they are my entire life which is like their stuff is so good and I love how your goal is like started with a vision. Like, it's like, okay, this is what I want life to look like. And then work backwards. And that really like, puts the fuel behind numbers. Cause you want to be specific and you know, you want to have something where you can say, check, like I did it, but like, what is that all moving towards? Like, what is the why behind that? And what yes. are you building from reaching this number? Yeah. And like, I'm also the person where like, I, once I get like I surpass a goal, like if it's a lot sooner than I expected, I'm like, what's next? You know, like yeah. those goals will change. And I do reevaluate, like I've, I just set out my December goals yesterday and those goals look a lot different than they originally did because I didn't hit specific things last month. So like, obviously things change, but to have like a specific, like a very loose idea, but you know, specific at the same time where you want to be and to break that down, it is truly so helpful. Yeah. And like detaching from that outcome, like just as you said, like you didn't reach something this month. So then you move it to December. It's not a, I failed. I need to quit. I need to like lay down and die. It's just like, okay, like this is what we're doing and this is how we move forward. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. Um, I knew that this would be valuable, but it's even better than I thought. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you if they want to follow you on all the things? Yeah. So I wish I had like a more streamlined brand name, but because of previous things I can't. So for Instagram, it's at Vanessa M. Ferriolo. For TikTok, it's at, for my personal TikTok, it's at Vanessa Ferriolo. For my business TikTok account, it's at Vanessa.Ferriolo. And because I'll start posting on YouTube in December, you can follow me at 
Vanessa Ferriolo over there. Yeah, so basically, if it. you type in that last name, like you're gonna, you're yes, gonna find it. Ex- exactly, exactly. You'll find me one way or another. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been freaking amazing. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I absolutely loved interviewing you. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys next time. 